how can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got I to gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. A baseball first podcast. Sort of. Featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Welcome into another edition of Booze and Baseball with Dusty Baker. I'm Derek Johnson. This is episode 15, and uh, we are so close to the start of the MLB season. There's nothing better than once we get to like the middle of March, and you have March Madness, and then that basically carries you right up to the start of the MLB season. So, Dusty, what are you drinking on our uh, 2021 MLB season preview show? To kick something off here, it's usually what I start a night off with, and so... Um, generally speaking, I like a, a nice Lagunitas, and so that's the the route that I'm going this time around. It's not that clever, but it tastes pretty dang good, and, uh, you know, let's get the season started, baby. What about you? So I went from the Pseudo Sioux from Toppling Goliath last week. This week I'm drinking the King Sioux, which is a variation of that, and I also have it in a uh, glass, a Leinenkugel's glass, which, by the way, Leinenkugel's, it's approaching that time of year, the Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy delicious and uh, we're almost getting to a time of year where it's warm enough to drink it summer shandy is a pretty good go for me once the month hits april and so yeah opening day is uh, right here derek and so the summer shandy bring it out bring out the hot dogs the beer and uh, everything in between we finally have a baseball here yeah so we're gonna actually go through each division we're gonna mention some of the over under win totals and then uh, we're each gonna pick any of the ones we like We're also going to pick a division winner. And instead of betting money, we're going to be wagering drinks against each other. So a standard unit of betting for us is going to be one drink, meaning let's say you pick something that's five to one odds. If you're right, that means you get to give out five drinks. Um, And then we're going to figure out the difference at the end of the year. So let's say uh, with all the odds, you get to give out 42 drinks and I get to give out 53. We're not each going to take that, but then at that point, you would just owe 11 drinks. They would just kind of negate each other. So does that make sense? Derek's going to have a really rough go of it by the end of the year. <laughs> All right, so we'll keep track of these over the course of the season. So the first up, we're going to do the American League East. Uh, to win the division, the Yankees are minus 200. The Blue Jays are plus 400. The Rays are plus 450. The Red Sox are plus 2,000. The Orioles are are 66 to one to win the division. Um, do you like any of the, the win numbers or the uh, division odds for any of the teams in this division? Um, I don't mind the Blue Jays at four to one. I think that everybody loves to hand the Yankees the division and sure the Yankees on paper seem like the best team in the league, but let's not forget on paper never works out for them because they're injured half the time. I really like what the Blue Jays have offensively. I'm still a little hesitant though in the starting rotation so that makes me a little leery of that. I don't love the Rays odds. I think that the Rays are going to kind of fall off around this time, this time, this year, if you will. The loss of Blake Snell is going to really hurt them. Um, and uh, but I do like the Red Sox one a lot because I don't think people realize how strong the Red Sox roster actually is. And if you can get a solid year once Chris Sale comes off the IL, uh, if you can get a solid year from some of those other members in the rotation, notably Eduardo Rodriguez. I don't see how it's impossible for the Red Sox not to win this division. I actually think that they're they're going to win a wild card spot, in my opinion. So I may kind of test the waters a little bit and go at that uh, twenty to one odds because I think that's a little low for them, actually. Yeah, I agree. Like it's it's not as if to say we think that if the, everything was even, the Red Sox are going to win the division. But at twenty to one, the odds are just like like 
do they only win the division once in every 20 times that you play out this year? I don't think so. I know they have a lot of risk in the starting rotation, but there's enough there that if things go right, there's enough in the, the lineup that I could see that happening. So I think we'd both probably at the very least take the Red Sox over 80 and a half wins. Correct. Correct. Yes. I like that a lot. I think that the Red Sox, like I said, to me, they're fighting for a wild card spot right now. And I don't think there's too many teams that will be joining them that are outside of the AL East. Yeah. So I'm also going to do for the win totals, I'm going to do the blue Jays over 86 and a half. Um, which I'm also going to take them to win the division. That's going to be my division pick at four to one, given the value. And then I'm not touching the Yankees. The Yankees are 95 and a half wins for their over under. I could see that happening. The Rays at 85 and a half. I don't know. I kind of want to take the over there, but I think it's close enough that honestly, I'm just not going to touch it. And then the last team in the division, the Orioles, which is only 64 and a half. Last thing I want to be doing is rooting for, like super hard for a team who's, I don't know, whatever, 62 wins going into the last series of the season to get up to 64. So I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I do think that the Orioles are going to be probably not a 60-win team. I think they're going to be a little higher than that. So it's pushing it. I think that it's a pretty fair assessment. Um, The big question mark is going to be when Adley Rushman comes up, uh, when kind of this young core comes together and Cantre Mancini – um, kind of come back somewhat down to uh, what he was prior to his whole situation with um, having cancer. So uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens with the Orioles. I do think that they're going to probably surpass that number, but it's not necessarily something I would bet on. So are there any other of the win totals besides the Red Sox in that division that you'd be comfortable saying over under on? Uh, for the Blue Jays, I think that the over on 86 and a half seems almost very likely. Uh, I would probably guess that the Blue Jays – are closer to 90 wins than they are to 80 wins. So, um, or 81 wins for that matter, right in the middle. So I'm going to say that it just makes sense to go Blue Jays. Uh, I'm not touching the Yankees either. I I am touching the Red Sox at 80, 80 and a half. I mean, come on. That's, that team is too good to, you know, go under 500. At the very least, they're going to go 500 this year. So yeah, those are the ones I'm touching. And then I'll probably steer clear of the Orioles. Yeah, so we're in agreement. We're both taking the Red Sox and Blue Jays over for wins, and then you're going to take the Red Sox value at 20 to 1. I'm going to take the Blue Jays at 4 to 1. On to the AL Central. Um, the favorite in the division is the Chicago White Sox. They're minus 125, so about even odds. The Twins are plus 150, so about the same. And then you have Cleveland, who's down at plus 750. The Royals are at 40 to 1, and the Tigers are at 66 to 1. This is kind of what I expected with this. I am a little concerned about the White Sox. This is a team that I was originally picking, you know, a week and a half ago to go and ultimately make it to the World Series. But when you lose Aloy Jimenez, that all of a sudden changes the game because to me, he can become one of the elite hitters if he's healthy this year, but he's not. Uh, And so you wonder how that whole lineup will function. Granted, they will have the presence of Andrew Vaughn in their lineup, something they didn't have last year. So theoretically maybe it's not that big of a loss but it could be devastating enough to possibly cost them the division Uh, I do think this is a two-horse race between the White Sox and Twins but not so fast though because I do think based off these odds I really like the 40 to 1 odds with the Royals Uh, kind of a huge fan of what they've done there in Kansas City I think it all comes down to when will Bobby Witt Jr. be called up and You know, here's the thing. We've learned way too many times now in baseball that you could go into a season and count a team out immediately, and then their youth takes over. Well, the Royals are the kind of team uh, that that can happen at. And also, their their lineup looks pretty solid. It's barely deep. Uh, They just extended Salvador Perez uh, to a five-year deal. Uh, He's still producing probably one of the best catchers uh, just behind on plate in general this year. Uh, But I really like what the Royals have in their core. I think that they're quickly ascending in that rotation as well. Um, I, I'm intrigued by the Royals. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but it may be one of those things where I throw down even a dollar just in the off chance I can make 40 in the back end there. I am going to play more of the who I think is going to win the division, especially because they are slightly plus odds. I'm going to go with the Twins plus 150. I'm also going to take the Twins over 88 and a half wins. I like what the bullpen looks like when you have Colome and Rogers at the back end of it. I like some of the young players they're going to have coming up. Um, at some point, you're going to see Alex Kirilov coming up, and I think he could be really good for them. Who knows if they bring up some other young guys as well. 
And then the lineup, yes, you know, you lose a guy like Eddie Rosario and I don't know if Byron Buxton can stay healthy. If he does, that'd be a huge boon for them. So I like the twins a lot. As far as the other over under win totals, the White Sox are at 90 and a half. I don't really feel comfortable betting that. That seems about right to me, especially after Eloy Jimenez is gone. Maybe I would have bet over before the injury. The Tigers are at 68 and a half, which you could convince me they're going to be closer to 50 wins than they are 70. But also, if some of those young pitchers continue to come up, then it probably is closer to 70. So I don't want to bet on that. I love what you're saying about the Royals. So I'm going to definitely hit them over 73 and a half wins. I think that might be my favorite bet in this division. And then I would go with Cleveland under 81 and a half wins. It's not just that you lost a big piece in the lineup with Francisco Lindor. It's also the, I guess, signaling from the front office in that regard that are we really a true contender this year? And it does feel a little strong for me to, to say under 81 and a half wins considering the rotation. But if the rotation is just good instead of great this year, given all the holes they're going to have in the lineup, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to reach that wins. That White Sox team to me was borderline 100 wins, uh, probably closer to like 96, 97. So I would have absolutely gone with the over on the White Sox and hit that hard. Now that Aloy's there it, out, I should say, that, that makes it a little more difficult. I'm going to kind of have to steer clear at this time from the White Sox until we get a little more clarity on what happens with them. The Twins is pretty appropriate at the, uh, the win total of around 89 wins. I, I'm going to kind of stay away from that as well. Um, as for the Indians, I really have a hard time going the under even at 81.5. I don't know how I feel about going the over, but I think between the two of them, I actually would go over because of that rotation and because of Jose Ramirez and because of Fran Mil Reyes and because of Terry Francona. Uh, those are really the reasons why. The Indians have proven that they're a winning team even when – you know, they went against everybody's firm beliefs. You know, they've lost Trevor Bauer. They've lost Mike Clevenger. They've lost in the past Cliff Lee, CeCe Sabathia, and they've still found ways to quickly recover or not even show signs of loss. Uh, it's just something weird about that organization. It's, it's, I guess, a testament to how good they are at finding these smaller pieces and turning them into something. Uh, you know, the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays get a lot of credit for doing that. I think the Indians are just as good. But I am going to hammer the uh, the Royals bet right here. I do think that the Royals are going to have way more wins than what they're projected right now. And then as for the Tigers, I don't really understand what direction this year they're planning on going with. I, I think it's more of uh, when will Spencer Torkelson be called up? When, we're all, when will all their, you know, stud uh, prospect pitchers be called up? We obviously have seen Casey Mize and uh, Tarek Skubal, but will we see Manning come up? Will we maybe see Fiedo? You know, in two to three years from now, I wouldn't be shocked if these Tigers are a team we're talking about to win the division. So, Yeah, just not right now. So both of us like the Royals over wins. I also went with the Twins over, the Cleveland under. You didn't touch either of those. And then you have the Royals. Again, if, if you're right on this, I'm just going to owe drinks because they're 40 to 1. Um, and I have the Twins at plus 150. On to the AL West. The odds in this division, the favorite is the Houston Astros. They're plus 130. The Oakland Athletics are plus 150. The Angels are plus 375, and then you have the long shots with the Mariners at 25 to 1 and the Rangers at 50 to 1. I actually really like what I see from that third place and fourth place spot. I like the Angels at plus 375. I, I think that the Angels are going to either win the division or come in second place. And I think the team that will counter them in that department will be that team that's listed in fourth place right there, and that's the Seattle Mariners. And the reason why. Uh, the youth of the Seattle Mariners is coming up. I think the rotation for the Mariners is slightly underrated. It's not necessarily deep, uh, but Marco Gonzalez kind of heading that thing off. I mean, uh, on a good day, that guy is as good as any pitcher in the league. And I think he's just super underrated. It's kind of funny, obviously, with the whole scandal that happened with their GM. Uh, yeah, he's called boring. But Marco Gonzalez may be a boring pitcher, but a very efficient one. Uh, and so I, I like what I see from the Mariners growth-wise. Kalenic is going to be unbelievable. Julio Rodriguez is going to be great as well. Uh, keep in mind that they've got a bunch of other pieces that kind of bloomed last year. Um, I'm obviously a big Dylan Moore fan. Uh, and then Derek also. Derek's a pretty big fan of a guy that came over from the Padres, which is Ty France. Uh, and so I just think the Mariners have a lot of interesting pieces. Uh, and in a division where, honestly, I don't think it's that talented top to bottom. So it's really anybody's game. The fact that the Astros are plus 130 and the Athletics at plus 150, the Astros aren't at full health. And 
Uh, you don't know if Justin Verlander is coming back. It looks like he won't. Um, not a big fan of what the Athletics have done this offseason, which is basically they've done nothing. Uh, they obviously brought in Rosenthal to place Hendricks. So they, they didn't really improve in any department whatsoever. Um, to me, I think that Mike Trout is going to be determined to get to the playoffs. I think the easy bet here is actually the Angels. And I think the, the bet that I really like optimistically is the Seattle Mariners. So which one are you going to take? I'm going to go with the Angels. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to echo you there. I, I agree with everything you said about the angels. So um, I'll take them to win the division at plus plus three seventy five. Plus to me, between like the angels, Astros and athletics, like all those teams are very similar in which way they could go in terms of positivity to where, if you're going to give me the better odds on one of them, I'm just going to take that team. You know, if, if the Astros would have been plus 300, I would have taken them instead. But because the Angels are plus 375, I'll take that. Um, so because of that, I'm also going to take the Angels over 83 and a half wins. And then I don't really like a lot of the other ones. The Rangers at 66 and a half. You know, I could see a situation where they're the worst team in baseball. But I could also see them trying to compete a little in the first year that their stadium's open and they're going to have all fans allowed. So maybe they go over. I'm not touching it. Seattle at 72 and a half, you know. Like you said, there's a lot of good young players. There's I see London, I see France, I see Ty France hitting a home run. But <laughs> I don't know like when those players are going to come up. So I'm not touching that at 72 and a half. Um, the athletics at 86 and a half, you could tell me it's not going to be very good this year because all the great players they lost in free agency, you could tell me that they just find a way to win 95 games again. You know, so not touching that one. And the last one is the Astros. I actually feel good about this one. I'm going to go over on the Astros at 87 and a half. I don't know how much over, maybe it's 89 or 90. I think they are a playoff team. And I just, I, I like the rotation. It, it has depth, at least, you know, Zach Granke will headline it. It's not your, what nowadays we consider an ace. Like obviously prime Zach Granke was a nowadays ace, but I mean, you lose Framber Valdez, but you still have Christian Javier. You still have Jose Arquiti. You have Granke. You have Lance McCullers, who you just gave the long extension to. Who knows if you see any other young guys come up for the team. And maybe they're in a situation where you're at the trade deadline. You can trade for another starting pitcher if you need it. But I like some of the arms you have in the bullpen. Ryan Presley, I think, will be back to his more dominant self um, than he was last year. And the lineup is still really good for them. So I'm going to go with the Angels to win the division at 375, Angels over on wins, and the Astros over on wins. Yeah, I like a, a lot of those picks there. Um, I think for the Astros at 87 and a half, to me, I'm going to kind of hold. I just am not very confident with this team right now. Uh, Oakland Athletics, I would actually bet the under because I think between the two of them, I, I just I don't like what they've done. Uh, I'm not a fan of kind of the direction that they're going. And because I'm expecting a resurgence from the Angels and the Mariners as well, I think that that's going to fluctuate for the uh, the Athletics' win total as well. I think that that's just going to kind of drop off. Um, when you go to the rest of the odds, though, Angels at 83.5, I'm definitely hitting on that. I, I think that the Angels are going to win at least 85 games. Uh, let's not forget, too, these odds are obviously based off of 162. Let's hope that they play all 162. But in a 162-game season, I do think the Angels are good enough to win that total now. Uh, the pitching depth is a little better than it was last year. Um, and I ultimately just kind of see them going, trending in the right direction at this time. Uh, and as for the Seattle Mariners, I'm going to hit that as well, actually. It's 72 and a half. I'm going to go the over. Uh, I think that they're going to win way more than that. They're kind of like the Kansas City Royals to me. I love the youth. Uh, I think that it's going to pick up in the second half. And they could be one of those teams that quietly is one of, you know, maybe not necessarily the favorites to get an AL wild card, but they could quietly be in the hunt. I see this team closer to 80 wins, to be honest, than I do to 70. So, yeah, I'm taking the over on the Mariners. And as for the Texas Rangers at 66 and a half, if I was going to have to bet, I would take the under on that. I think this is a terrible team run by a horrible ownership, and it's, it's a disaster. So that's the three divisions in the American League. So now we're going to give our – pick for who's going to win the American League and you can preface this if you want to say who you actually think is going to win the American League just to like have it on the record but also give your betting pick for it and then we'll get into some of the individual awards so I'm going to go with who I actually think is going to win the no you know what I'll back myself up I'll double down on this I'm going to go with the Minnesota Twins not only to win the league I'm also going to bet on them at eight to one you may say I'm crazy you may say that oh but Derek the Twins lose every playoff game 
And I would say I'm probably stupid enough just to bet on that. I feel like maybe that's one of those situations where it's just like, once they finally win that one playoff game, just the first, it is going to start such a roll of momentum that they cannot be stopped. And I like them eight to one to go to the world series. Um, I like the pitching staff. I think Jose Barrios has kind of a breakout year. Kenta Maeda was a Cy Young candidate last year. And I love the lineup. Kepler, Donaldson, Cruz, Polanco, Sano, Buxton, and Drelton Simmons was a good pickup. Mitch Garver, Luis Arias, like they've had a lot of really good players in that lineup. So the Minnesota Twins, eight to one, that's going to be my uh, AL pick. Wow, that's a, that's one that I definitely didn't see coming on your end. Uh, for me, you know, it's tough because it, it's that Aloy situation. If Aloy is healthy by the time September ends. I feel like there's no brainer for me that I'm going with the White Sox, especially at four to one odds. I think that that's such a stellar team. I uh, love the rotation. Um, you got Giolito up at the top. You got Lance Lynn added this off season. I do love Dane Dunning. I was a little bummed that that's who they had to give up uh, in order to get Lynn, but you got to give to get. Um, they got Keuchel kind of anchoring between the two of them there. Uh, and I love that lineup. And even without Aloy, it's still, in my opinion, the top you know seven lineup in the league. To me, it's really difficult because I'm struggling now with that injury. How would I go this direction? I'm going to have to steer clear of that plus 400, and I'm going to have to go down south just a little bit here. I really like the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that they're going to make an addition at the trade deadline. Uh, And I got a big, huge pick here for you, a move that they could really kind of jump out and, you know, scare a lot of teams with. The Blue Jays are going to be rooting heavily against the Washington Nationals. And the reason why is because at the deadline, Max Scherzer could be a potential Mm. target. And so I think the Blue Jays have the pieces to net a guy like Max Scherzer. And if they do that, and I could see Scherzer, the scary-eyed Scherzer with the Blue Jays, it seems like a perfect fit. I don't know why some players just look like they belong on a team. Scherzer looks like he would be looking good in Blue Jays blue. I think if the Blue Jays can manage to just hang in there during the regular season, make a move at the deadline for a guy like Scherzer, I, I think they're as scary as any team in the AL. Uh, and especially with the Loy Hurt, Blue Jays, if they could go head-to-head with a team like the White Sox, I think that would be my call for the ALCS. Um, it's going to be a coin flip for me. And so based off the odds, I really like the Blue Jays uh, right now where they sit at plus uh, 1,000 odds here, so 10 to 1 odds. Um, I, I like what I see with that. And I think that's what I would ultimately go with. I like that. Probably would have been my second pick. Okay. On to the MVP race. Uh, Mike Trout, obviously your perennial favorite. It is plus 225, which is incredible. The second most, I guess, likely player to win the AL MVP. There's three players tied at 12 to one. That is how big of the drop off there is between Trout and the other three, which are Bregman, Judge, Jose Ramirez, you got Chapman and Rendon at 15 to one, and then everybody else is 22 to one or higher. I'm going to go a little off the board there just for some value. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. at 25 to one. You said the Blue Jays, you got them winning the AL. If they do make the playoffs, if they have a good season, that probably means good things for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who I do think is, is kind of in line for a breakout season. And if he's on a good winning team, that's part of this. Like, you've got to be on a good winning team. How often does a player win MVP on kind of a, a middle tier or crummy team? It, it very rarely happens. So I think Vladdy, if he goes out there, you know, he has a year where he hits 290, gives you 35 home runs, 110 RBIs, and they're one of the best teams in the MLB. I'll take those odds at 25 to 1, even though it'll probably just be Mike Trout. I'm torn between two right here. Uh, The one that really tears me apart, and this is heavily reliant on how he's actually used during this regular season. I really like what Shohei Otani can offer for the MVP because keep in mind, if he puts up even marginally decent pitching numbers and then stellar offensive numbers or vice versa, that guy is going to be in consideration. No, we've never seen anything like that uh, in in a very long time. Babe Ruth is the only one that comes to mind for me as a two-way kind of guy. Uh, I really like what he offers there at, uh, you know, 22 to one odds. Uh, but I'm going to go down south just a little bit because I got to stick with my Blue Jays pick. Uh, there's a young gun that, man, I just freaking love out there, and that's Boba Huge fan of Boba Great ap- approach to the plate. He's had a little bit of struggle this spring training stealing bases. He's only three for seven in that department. I think he'll improve on that, but that's not where you win the MVPs. It's for the clutch hitting. Uh, it's for the overall performance as well. 
I, I really like the 33 to one odds. And uh, I think that Bichette's one of the most pure, if not the most pure hitter in the American league. So I'm, I'm excited to see what the young guns can do, but all three of those that Derek and I mentioned, by the way, under the age of 26. Yeah. And I actually, I love both picks that you're making. If I was sprinkling on some guys, I would probably go all three of those. And then at that point, it's basically like you got seven to one odds, worst case scenario, if Otani won because you're splitting it three ways. So I like that. Uh, under the AL Cy Young, Garrett Cole's the favorite at plus 350. Shane Bieber, who won it last year, is four to one. Lucas Giolito's plus 450. Tyler Glass now is fourth in this regard, plus 950. Everybody else is in double figures with Hyunjin Ryu, Jose Barrios, Lance Lynn, Corey Kluber, some others. I'm going to just go off the top. I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. It's really hard for guys to win back-to-back, so I'm not going to take Shane Bieber. I don't mind Giolito, but the odds seem way too high. Like, if Lucas Giolito was 8-1, to one, I'd be super interested in that bet. But at plus 450, you basically have the same odds of Giolito with Garrett Cole. Like, give me Garrett Cole all day. You know, there's a, there's a name on here that uh, I really like, and it's very tempting for me, and it's, uh, it's Giolito's newly added Lance Lynn to that rotation. If Lynn can put up the numbers – that he did last year, he's going to rack up wins. And that's going to make his numbers look so much better this time around. Lynn is a workhorse. I think this year in particular, you got to keep in mind after coming off a 60-game season, innings pitched, that's going to be limited for a lot of pitchers. Lance Lynn is not one that will be limited. Lynn will go out and get 200-plus innings pitched. I think that plays a crucial role in terms of how you assess who's the Cy Young. Now, the question is, can he put up the same numbers statistically with the ERA and whip that he did last year? Uh, that I don't know, and I can't answer that question. But I think Lynn is somebody that I would definitely try and at least throw a dollar or two at in that process. Uh, but I'm ultimately out of this group. I'm, I'm a little thrown off, by the way, Derek. I just got to throw this out there that I'm seeing Andrew Heaney at 33 to one odds. Oh, that's really what threw you off. You know who threw me off? Who? Another lefty. Mike Miner is on here at 35 to one. That yeah, that's that's. There are a couple here that are really really shocking. Um, the one that I really like a lot, <laughs> I got to be honest, I love the Eduardo Rodriguez at 35 to 1 odds. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the most underrated pitchers in all of baseball. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is on that list as well. I think he's getting maybe a little more recognition now. Eduardo continues to just, for whatever reason, hang under the wire. Uh, he, of course, had to sit out last year. He had uh, his heart issue. But at his heyday, he's as good as any pitcher out there. He can go 200 innings pitch. He will strike out hitters as efficiently as any pitcher in the league. Um, and so if I'm going to throw money out at any one of these guys, I will probably be throwing it out at Lance Lynn and then even more so at Eduardo Rodriguez considering those odds. That would be a cool story for Rodriguez after missing last season with uh, the heart issue that was related to COVID-19. So he'd have the narrative on his side as well with that story. So that's a good one to bring up as well. And then the last award we have to give out is the rookie of the year award in the American league. The favorite is Randy Rosarena. He's plus 350. Jared Kellenick is plus 650. Wander Franco's 10 to 1. Ryan Mountcastle 12 to 1. Adley Rushman 12 to 1. I'm going to go the next guy on the list. That'd be Andrew Vaughn. He is plus 1250. Part of winning this award is just opportunity. Like with Wander Franco, I don't know. When is he going to come up? Is he going to come up in a month? Is he going to come up in June? Is he going to come up in September? We, we have no idea. You know, and it's the same for a lot of these guys. With Andrew Vaughn, because of the fact that he signed that early extension, I think you circle him as saying he's going to be somebody who comes up as early as any other of these prospects on this list. And at 1250, like he's a guy who could go out there and, and hit 280 with 15, 20 home runs on a team that's going to be on – a lot of people's radars because the White Sox are going to be really good. So I really like that might be my favorite individual player bet. Andrew Vaughn at plus 1250. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that bet as well. I would definitely throw money on that one. That one was kind of, you know, I was staring that one down uh, just based off of opportunity bets. Like Derek had mentioned there, Bobby Dalbeck is one that just kind of sticks out to me at 15 to one odds. I also really like opportunity based off Tristan McKenzie at 20 to one odds. I think that you could get a lot there. One player, though, that I'm going to take uh, that's ultimately my pick in all of this, that I'm a little shocked how low he really is on these uh, rankings here. And it could just be that the Kansas City Royals had sent him down uh, to the minor leagues after spring training. I think he's still going to get his opportunity after the service time. Uh, and that's Bobby Wood Jr. The guy was absolutely tearing the ball, the cover off the ball during spring training. Um, if you watched any of those games that he was playing in, the guy – 
shows he's got power, speed, uh, great plays at shortstop, great defense. He's the full package. And so I think once he gets his opportunity, he's going to be a special pick. And, and you can get him right now at 25 to 1 odds. To me, I think that's a risk worth taking, considering guys that are going to be in very similar circumstances like Wander Franco are at 10 to 1 odds. Uh, to me, why not take that risk? I mean, I, I think that Witt is going to be just as good as any other player in the league. To me, I think that Witt Jr. is going to be a real impact this season for the Royals, part of the reason why I'm so high on them. Uh, and so I, I think, why not take that? Take that at this time. I think that's a good bet to take. Okay, let's move on to the National League. We'll go through our divisions once again. We're going to start with the NL East. The favorite in the division, it's very close. The Braves are plus 130. The Mets, under new ownership, have made some moves, and they are plus 150 right behind them. And then a little bit of a drop. The Nationals are plus 650. The Phillies at plus 850. And uh, well behind is the Marlins at 25-1. to 1. Yeah, uh, to me at least, I, I think that something you got to keep in mind, this is going to be an incredibly competitive division overall. It's really a hard one to – kind of predict moving forward because there's two huge horses in this one. And that's obviously the Braves and the Mets. And then everybody else just kind of filters in between. No reason for you to bet on the Nationals. No reason to bet on the Phillies. No reason for me to bet on the Marlins. Too close of a call for me. I think the Braves have a slight edge and thus the reason why Vegas does too. If you're going to have to make a bet, you take the Braves at this time. I'm not willing to throw any money on the Nationals whatsoever. I don't even want to touch the Phillies. Out of all these, out of those bottom three, I would take the Marlins at 25 to 1 odds because uh, Derek's obsessed with the starting pitching rotation, and I kind of am too. And pitching can win you ball games. Let's not forget the Marlins made it to the playoffs and beat the Cubs, made it to the NLDS, uh, but ultimately then got rolled by their division rival in the Braves. So it's a stretch for me to even take that. I will say that I'm going to have to go 13 to 10 odds with the Braves. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do as well. Um, as far as the win totals, I'm going to take the Braves there as well. It's 91 and a half. The biggest thing that scares me for the Braves win total is this that you are in a competitive division. So that's going to make it a little harder to rack up wins, but I don't know. I almost feel like people should be even higher on this team. Like to me, are they that different than the Padres? Like I, I think the Padres probably have more headline starting pitcher names, that's for sure. But, like, the Braves still have a good rotation. And I think the Braves have as good of a lineup as anybody in the MLB. So I would take the over 91.5 there for them and wins. The Mets are at 90.5. I wouldn't touch that. That seems about right for me. And then I like the Nationals under. They're at 84.5 wins. It's not just that I don't trust the defense on this team, but – you have some questions about Strasburg's health. You have some questions about Scherzer getting older. And, you know, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of young guys who are going to be coming up helping the team right now. And then you add on the other part of it, which is what you mentioned earlier with the Blue Jays. Like, if the Nationals aren't performing well, they could be a team that is selling on a lot of these players who were a big part of their World Series run to try and kind of retool to their next run to the postseason. So I really like that under at 84 and a half. Wouldn't touch the Phillies at 80 and a half. That seems about right to me. And then the other one is the Marlins, 71 and a half wins. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think given the rotation, to me, they seem like they're going to be closer to 76, 77, maybe 78 wins. So I would gladly take the over on the Marlins win total. Yeah, I'm almost going to echo exactly what you say to keep it simple here. Uh, for the Braves, I'm going to take the over. I think they're better than a 91 and a half win team. They're going to win 95 games. Uh, Mets, I probably don't touch. I do like it at about 90 and a half. Uh, Nationals, I definitely go under. I think this is a sub 500 team by the end of the year. Um, then you go down the list of the Phillies. 80 and a half, it's pretty close. I might, if I had to choose between over or under, I'm going to probably have to hit the under as well. I just, I don't trust the team. It might be like a 78, 79 win team, but the Marlins is the one I feel the most confident with going over. Um, I do think this is a better team than 71 and a half wins. Uh, right now, if you just compare to the rest of the teams in the league that they're projected with, the Tigers are 68 and a half and the Mariners at 72 and a half and the Royals 73 and a half. But the Diamondbacks at 74 and a half is the one that shocks me the most. Um, we're going to get back to that in a sec. But this Marlins team is way better than that Diamondbacks team. I can see them closer to 500 and surpass the Phillies as well. Uh, to me, in my division picks, I have the Phillies finishing in last place. So I think the Marlins are closer to finishing in third place than they are to fifth. Okay, so we're in agreement with uh, our 
win bets and our uh, division one. Did you want the Phillies as one of your bets though? The under? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't that's want anything of, to do with the Phillies. That's kind of how I am. If I had to pick gun to my head, I'd probably go the under, but I think it's going to be close enough. I wouldn't bet it. Okay. NL central, the odds to win the NL central. Um, the favorite in the division is actually the, uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, they're plus 133 in the division. And then it's all jumbled up after that. The Cincinnati Reds, who are plus 350. You have the Milwaukee Brewers, who are uh, plus 375. Or the Reds are actually plus 333. The Cubs are plus 500, so 5-1. to one. And then the Pirates are 66-1. to one. Who do you like in the NL Central? Absolutely the Pirates. Um, <laughs> I, I, I actually really, you know, for the fun of it, I might throw a dollar or two and root for uh, our buddy Jared Oliva to take MVP credentials here for the Pirates going forward. Um, but this is just not their win total right now. This is, this is not the time to win at all. Uh, they've got another three, four years down the road before they can do that. To me, it's pretty clear cut and obvious. I got to go with the Cardinals. Uh, they could have an injury or two. I know Bader went down. That's not really a huge loss for them, to be honest. I think that they've got enough depth. Um, the adding, the addition of Nolan Arenado to that lineup is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I think they have the best rotation. Uh, maybe the Brewers have a slightly better rotation than them, uh, but it, it's it's pretty close for me with Flaherty there at the top, uh, having Wayno come in as well, and I, I love their lineup. And so, yeah, it's pretty safe for me. I'm going to go 21, 20 odds here. Uh, it's plus 105 that the Cardinals take it, and I'm going to go with that. Yeah, to me, this is just going to be kind of a value play with either the Reds or the Brewers. I'm, I'm going to go with the Reds at plus 333. I think their lineup underperformed last year. I think it'll be better this year. They do have some depth. Um, I think they can get enough done there. And we look at the starting pitching. Yes, you don't have Trevor Bauer anymore, but Luis Castillo, Tyler Molly, I think that's a really good one too. I like their bullpen a lot. Um, I don't know what TJ Antone is is going to do for them, whether it's as a reliever or a starter, but I think he'll be really good. I like this team. Um, so I'll take the plus odds, just the better value than the Cardinals. And because of that, I feel like it's my obligation that I should take the over on their wins at 82 and a half. Cause if they're going to win the division, they're going to have to win more than that. The Cardinals are at 86 and a half. That seems about right. The Brewers are at 82 and a half. Uh, that also seems about right to me in the division. This is the interesting one. The Chicago Cubs are 78 and a half, which, I mean, given just two years ago, three years ago, like you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's the easiest over in the world. I, I don't even know where I'd lean. I'm not going to touch that one. Um, but if I had to, I'd probably go under when you think about all the players that have been rumored to be on the trade block and then the team could get even worse. I don't really like the pitching staff, so I'd probably lean under, but I'm not going to touch that one. And then the Pirates over-under is 59 and a half, which I'm not betting that one way or the other. Yeah, I, for me, it's it's not too difficult. I'm actually going to go in reverse order here just to go off there since, uh, you know, the direction he went there. Starting with the Pirates first, the 59 and a half. I, I feel like you could only feel good betting lower um, than anything if you had to. I wouldn't touch it necessarily, but that team is going to lose a lot this year. And so, yeah, I, I might actually throw a bet at the under on them this time around. I feel actually okay about that. Um, kind of going up the list, uh, the next one being the Cubs, I'm definitely going under. Uh, I think that if they do have pieces that are going to go off, such as the Jock Peterson that they did just signed for a one-year deal, uh, there's going to be plenty of people playoff time, plenty of teams that are going to need a lefty power bat. Uh, and so Jock's immediately out if that's the case. They're going to try and cash in as much as they can on that. I would go on the under on that one. Continuing up, though, the Brewers at 82 and a half, I would hit the over. Uh, I think this is more of an 85-win team. It's not too much higher than what I would expect, but I, I kind of at least feel like I like the rotation enough that, you know, at a time when you're going to really rely on pitching this year, uh, the Brewers have that, so that's a good thing. Uh, I'm going to have to counter you, Derek, and say that I'm, I'm not a huge fan of what the Reds have. I think that their pieces that are solid right now will be on the move during the deadline. Uh, and I think the Cardinals will have too much of a, a lead at this point for the Reds to even try to compete. So I'm actually going to either stick, I'm going to stay, stay on this one without actually having a bet over under, but if I had to make a bet, I think they're pretty much right at 82. And then finally for the Cardinals at 86 and a half, I think I'd go the over. Um, to me, this is a borderline 90 win team. I'm going to say probably around 88 wins. Uh, good enough for me to go over for them. Okay, so you have the Cardinals to win the division, Pirates under, Cubs under, Cardinals over. 
Correct. And I have the Reds to win the division and the Reds over. I'm going a little lighter on that one. Okay, on to the NL West. The Dodgers are your favorite, minus 250. The Padres are 2-1. to one. And then you have three long shots because there are two dominant teams in the division. The Giants are 50-1. to one. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies also 50-1. to one. I would just start this off by saying you're basically picking the Dodgers or the Padres. I think realistically, I would take the Dodgers. To me, I'd probably need the Padres to be 3-1 to one to want to take them for value. You got to go with the team that's been there and done that. And so that would be the Dodgers. And I mean, both teams have retooled. Uh, that's the reality of it all. Um, we'll see how Trevor Bauer and uh, many other of these pitchers that uh, pretty much have had advanced spin rates will be affected based off the fact that the MLB will be cracking down on um, obviously having, you know, pine tar or other uh, substances, if you will, that are stimulating the ball. I'm curious to see what happens with that moving forward. I don't think it plays too much of a role for the Dodgers here. There's just too much firepower across the board. Um, the Padres are a great team, and uh, they can be scarier in the playoffs than I think they will be in the NL West. Uh, the Dodgers just have too much depth in the rotation. And uh, granted, I do like that Mackenzie Gore is coming up for the Padres. There are five to six viable starters for the Padres, but there are seven to eight for the Dodgers at this time. Okay, so as far as the wins, these are going to get lofty with these first two. Dodgers are at 102 and a half. I I, I'm going to sit this one out. That I mean – there's so many wins to ask for. Like if I had to pick, I, I guess I'd take the over, but I'm not going to bank on a team having to win that because what happens if you just have like a two week stretch where you have a couple injuries or I don't know, you just have like a bad two weeks that's unorthodox and it's not normally what the team does, but like to get to one Oh two, you basically have to play a perfect season. And I think they can get there. I just wouldn't bank on it. Like, because if they win 98, 99 games, it's still like, wow, what another great season. So I'm not going to touch that. Padres, I do like the over 94 and a half. They seem closer to a 96, 97 win team to me. And then the other one in the division, I like the Giants a lot over 75 and a half. I don't think the Giants are going to be a, a playoff team or anything, but I think they're closer to that 78 to maybe flirting with a 500 season, 81, 82 wins. I think they have enough pieces. The lineup is interesting. They're going to be flexible to be able to kind of platoon to different things. The pitching staff is kind of untrustworthy, and it's a lot of guys that normally get injured, but they're interesting arms at the very least. I'm not touching the other two. The Diamondbacks are 74 and a half. I, I would lean under, especially after the Zach Gallen injury, and, and I don't know if he'll be out or not. Um, but they kind of find a way sometimes to have these players you may not have heard of come up and perform well. And then the Rockies – 63 and a half at first I was like oh take the under they're they're a train wreck and then I started thinking about it and I was like wait no take the over they still until they trade him possibly like they still have Trevor Story they still have some interesting position players who are going to hit home runs they still have Charlie Blackman uh, they still have Jermaine Marquez and then I just kind of settled somewhere in the middle that like that seems about right I'm not going to touch it yeah, I actually have a bet for every one of these teams. Uh, this is the first one that I'll do with that. I'm pretty confident in every one of my picks. Wow, going to be risky with drinks. Super risky, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Dodgers, I have to go with the over on that. I think that on paper, this might be the best team they've ever had. Uh, I know that losing Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson is going to hurt. That's going to hurt more in the postseason than that will the regular season. They're deep everywhere. An injury that happens, it's really not going to hurt them too badly. And their only competition is going to be the Padres, which I expect to be either an even split at nine, uh, 10 to eight odd win, or maybe, you know, eight going eight and 10 against the Padres. That's really not going to impact too much where I see their win total going. For the Padres at 94 and a half, I'm going over it as well. Uh, I just think this is going to be a dogfight till the very end uh, where you see the Dodgers have, you know, 104 wins and the Padres have like 98, 99 wins. And then that's when the fall off begins, but not before the Giants. I, I, I do think the Giants, like Derek kind of mentioned there, they're a sneakier team than what people realize. I liked the LaStella move a lot. Uh, big fan of Yastrzemski, what he did last year. I think he can replicate that. Uh, Dickerson in the outfield um, definitely had a production that kind of shocked me a little bit. And their pitching's really not that bad either. This team's going to go probably closer to 500 than they will uh, to 70 wins. So I'm going to take the over on the Giants. And then, wow, uh, the Diamondbacks are going to be well below 74 and a half wins. I don't see them marginally close to that. I could see them closer to 60 wins. They've got some youth, but not a lot that's really promising for me to really feel convinced they're going anywhere. Uh, and then as for the Rockies, I'm taking the under on that as well. I took a peek at their schedule uh, to start the year. 
get a load of this <laughs> to open their 20 uh 21 season they open with a four game series against the dodgers that can't go well then they open the diamondbacks after that that's that's going to probably be a split you would say then they're on the road at the giants then they're facing the dodgers on the road again then they face the mets then they face the astros then the phillies who i know i'm not high in the phillies but they're better than the rockies then they go on the road to the giants again and then they end with the diamondbacks which so they have two series with the diamondbacks and then everybody else to me is at least a 500 or better team. I don't see how the Rockies are going to be anywhere close to, you know, 500 win total or even close to, you know, what will end up being a 60 win team by the end of the year. I think by the trade deadline, Trevor Story is gone. And, and what else do you have there outside of Charlie Blackman? They may, may even get rid of him. So I'm going well below the 63 and a half. Okay. We'll see how that all works out for you. Um, okay. So onto the National League as a whole. I'm going to start this off with my NL pick. Oh, man, this is hard because, like, my brain says the Dodgers are going to win the NL again. But still, I mean, crazy things can happen in the postseason, unlike the regular season, and it is so hard to repeat because of that. Given that the Dodgers' odds are only plus 180, even, like, if we didn't have odds involved, I'd pick the Dodgers. But the fact that we do, I can get the Braves at plus 550. I love this Braves team. Uh, The one thing that's going against the Padres – if they lose the division like we have them losing it to the Dodgers, you're not only playing in a one-game playoff in the wild card, meaning you better hope you win it, which they'll be favored to, but you never know in a one-game sample. If you win that game, you're playing the Dodgers in the first game, most likely, right? Because they'd be yep. the four or the five seed and the Dodgers right. would be the one. So now you have to go through them just to get to the NLCS. I like the Braves' path because of that a little bit better. And I think after what happened last year where they, they lost the three to one lead in the series, that could serve as good motivation for them over the course of this season. So I'm going to go with the Braves with the better odds at 550 uh, for that. What are you going to do for your NL winner? I kind of want to go that same route. So theoretically, if these odds stood right now, where the Dodgers are the one seed, the two seed would be the Braves, and then the three seed would be the Cardinals, then you have your two wildcard teams, which would be the Padres versus the Mets. You know what that means, Derek? That means the Padres in the wildcard game, they have to face Jacob deGrom. Do I like that at all? Not at all. I hate that. uh, But what I do see is the Braves have the simplest path, probably the most logical path, And on top of that, the addition of Charlie Morton, I think, is really going to help them moving forward. Um, They brought back Marcelo Azuna. This team is ready. They're fired up. They're pissed off about what happened last year with the Dodgers. I don't think that they're going to make the same mistakes this time. They got 11-2 to odds in this. So do the Mets. I think there's a slight edge to the Braves over the Mets in the series. I'm going to take the Braves. They got Soroka back as well. It just makes too much sense. And based off the odds, like Derek mentioned, if it wasn't for the odds, I'd probably take the Dodgers. But because of how evenly matched I think the Dodgers and the Braves will be when you get to that inevitable NLCS, to me, I think the Braves get the best of them. Uh, based off these odds, it just, it, it's something I would rather take. Okay, MVP, this is interesting because you don't have the Mike Trout roadblock in the National League where you have a bunch of guys who you're like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to pick them. I'd love to pick them. Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis, all five of those guys – are between plus 750 and plus 850. So you have that to deal with. And then you have your other guys, uh, Nolan Arenado, Freddie Freeman, Francisco Lindor, Kristen Yelich. Those are all 12 to one. Harper and Seager are 15 to one. I kind of like that. Seager one's kind of interesting at 15 to one if he continues uh, to do what he did in the postseason. And he's going to be obviously on a team who's going to win a lot of games. I also kind of like Ozzie Albies at 30 to one because I like the Braves so much, but I'm not going to veer too far from one of those top guys. To me, the way Juan Soto played last year, it's it's unbelievable. And I, I think it's only a matter of time before he does win an MVP, so I'll just pick it to happen this year. It's a little interesting to me, Derek, that Tatis is the fifth player um, on this list. I think uh, with the way the MLB tweets about him, you'd think that he'd be number one on this list. But um, kind of going through that, Confidence-wise, if I had to pick any of those five, which I will throw money at one of them, you have to think that Mookie Betts will probably put up some really good numbers, but Acuna Jr. will have the most impressive numbers. I I would say that's probably my safer pick, and that's because of the home runs, the stolen bases, the fact he'll score a ton of runs. I like Juan Soto a lot. I think that if he had a better team around him and a better lineup around him, then I'd feel more confident in that. But between those five, I'm going to have to go with Acuna Jr. However, 
down this list, Derek had kind of mentioned that uh, Corey Seager is an interesting one to pick out there. He is in his contract year. I'm going to go down two levels here. I'm going to go to Trevor Story, and here's my thought process behind that. You could get Trevor Story right now at 25 to 1 odds. Now, why would you pick a guy that I think is going to end up playing for one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball? Well, my reasoning is because I don't think he ends the year with that worst team. If he can join a team, put up the same numbers he has outside of Coors as well, I just wonder, you know, would I really be risking all that much by throwing a couple dollars down on a guy that's giving me 25 to 1 odds that can put up the same exact numbers, honestly, as any of those top five guys? I, I don't feel too bad about that. And uh, basically, you're not really taking a risk on the player. You're taking a risk on the situation. For the Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom, plus 425. Trevor Bauer is actually second. He is 7-1, to one, which I guess that's not that big of a surprise. He just won it last year. But uh, Max Scherzer is plus 950. Walker Buehler, 10-1. to one. Hugh Darvish, Aaron Nola, and Blake Snell are all 12-1. to one. Uh, The 15-1 to one and, and further is where it gets interesting to me because of the value, and I still really like these pitchers. Jack Flaherty at 15-1 to one is kind of interesting. Luis Castillo at 15-1 to one is kind of interesting. The guy that I'm really interested by, especially with the value, Brandon Woodruff is 22 to one. Oh, I really like what he does. So I, I'm, I'm torn because I like Castillo better. The odds are lower though at 15 to one. Woodruff at 22 to one. I, I'm going to go with Luis Castillo. I just love that like changeup that he throws. It's just an unbelievable and nasty pitch. So 15 to one. But if I was sprinkling on two guys, it'd probably be Castillo and Woodruff. Number one, I, I just think that Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher on the planet right now, um, and his team just got a whole heck of a lot better with Francisco Lindor joining their lineup, and so he's going to have a lot more run support. Um, that means a lot more wins. You know, the word the words run support and Jacob deGrom have never gone together. No. It never has. I'm allergic and, to it. And because of that, I think that he's not only the favorite, but a very clear favorite in that department. I do think the Trevor Bauer one is something to keep uh, an eye on at the very least. I wonder the reason why he's so high is because of the concept that he wants to pitch every fourth day. If he pitches every fourth day, I mean, he could be racking up 40 starts or more. Do you know how many wins that guy could get with the LA Dodgers? I mean, that dude could be finding himself getting 25, 30 wins. It's not even unrealistic if that's the direction they go. I don't ultimately believe that's what they're going to do. My, my safe pick and the pick I will probably end up throwing money at is the Grom. But I do want to go down the list just a hair here uh, and take a look at some of the lower names that you see right there. Uh, the one that I really like is Max Freed. I think that Freed stepped up big time. Giving me Max Freed at 17 to 1 odds, uh, an ace of that staff, I, I really I think that he can take it to another level. Uh, the other thing is, he's not the only pitcher I would consider throwing money at. There's not even a pitcher listed on this. Realize that you only get odds for so many pitchers here. Ian Anderson's not on this list. Uh, and I don't know how much they're willing to extend him uh, in the season. They may have an innings limit on him. Who knows? But it may not be the worst thing in the world to have some sort of write-in if you can go into that and uh, throw a bet on Ian Anderson because that guy has some of the filthiest stuff in the league right now. Well, here's somewhere you can bet Ian Anderson, the NL Rookie of the Year. Ian Anderson is fourth in that. He is plus 750. The three in front of him, Cabrian Hayes, is plus 350. Sixto Sanchez, 5-1. to one. Dylan Carlson, 7-1. to one. And then uh, you got Nick Lodolo, Christian Pache at 12 to 1, Joey Bart, O'Neill Cruz at 15 to 1. Spencer Howard might be interesting at 18 to 1. Same with Haseong Kim, because you know he's going to have a role for that team. Maybe Mackenzie Gore comes up 22 to 1. What's kind of interesting to me here is Jazz Chisholm at 30 to 1, because uh, part of the thing with rookie of the year, it's, it's are you going to actually play enough? And with Jazz, I think he's going to have a sizable role. But I'm going to go Dylan Carlson because I think the Cardinals are going to be good. I think he'll be a big contributor for them. Um, and I'm not really in love with a lot of these NL rookie of the year candidates, to be quite frank. Like Brian Hayes, I think he's good, but he's going to be on a bad team. Um, Sixto Sanchez, for whatever reason, like he throws gas, but he just hasn't been able to get the strikeouts to go with it. Like Nick Lodolo at 12 to one. We haven't, I don't believe even seen him in the majors. Christian Pache. He hasn't really shown it with the bat. Joey Bart. I don't even know when we're going to see him again in the MLB. So I'm just going to go Dylan Carlson. Seems like kind of a safer pick at seven to one. You have to think about opportunity and I don't know what kind of opportunity he's going to see 
is Mackenzie Gore. I think that out of all these players, the best player on this list, and uh, right now his odds are 22 to 1, but the reality is, will he really get that many starts? Will they even start him at all at the start of the year? Will they have him in relief? That's a, that's a huge question mark for me, and that's why I can't go with him. But I will go with the man that I was just talking about, Ian Anderson. I think out of all of these guys, he's an elite pitcher. Um, I think he took a huge step up during the NLCS. Um, I think the Braves are really going to need his help this year to help outlast the Mets. And uh, so I really like what Anderson has to offer, especially at 15 to 2 odds. The last one uh, that we got here is just our World Series picks. So you have the Braves winning the NL with the bets, but the Dodgers winning it if there wasn't odds. I have the same exact thing. In the AL, you have the Blue Jays with odds. I don't know who if you said who you'd pick if there weren't odds. I picked the Twins with odds. I'm just going to double down and say the Twins win it even without odds. So I would have a Twins-Dodgers World Series. Odds do come into play here. So uh, give me both. Give me what you think the World Series will be and who wins and then give me your bet for what the best odds of uh, that happening are. Even after the Aloy injury, I still am super confident with the White Sox. I've been talking their ear off for years now. And whether it is that they nab a wild card spot or even an AL Central spot, I think come playoff time when Aloy is hopefully healthy and ready to go, they will have so many pieces that they will be dangerous as heck in the American League. The Blue Jays are the ones that stand in their way, in my opinion. Uh, so when you talk about World Series, the thing I team I think is going to make it will be the White Sox. The bets, the odds wise, which is uh, 22 to one odds with the Blue Jays, I like that the most uh, because the White Sox right now are nine to one. But ultimately, I think the World Series will be Dodgers versus White Sox. And uh, if I was betting based on the, off these odds, uh, the Blue Jays at 22 to one odds, and then the Braves at 10 to one odds, I'm feeling pretty good about both of those. I would go with the Braves at 10 to one. That would be my favorite bet odds wise, but without the odds, I'd take the Dodgers over the twins. So we both would have uh, Dodgers against the AL central in our non odds one. Any other mentions you want to make before uh, the start of the MLB season here? Well, I want to take a look at those odds that are 50 to one or below Derek, uh, because I think that there's a few there that are kind of intriguing to me. Those Boston Red Sox that we were talking about earlier. Do I think that they're going to win the World Series? No. Do I think that they're the best team in the American League? No. Do I think they're the best team in the AL East? No. Um, <laughs> do, I, do I think that they're going to win a wild card spot? I don't know. Um, but I think there's a possibility. And the thing about those odds is you throw a dollar or two down and the Red Sox have a breakout year. I mean, look at some of the pieces they've acquired to get Mookie. Uh, they got Alex Verdugo. They've got Jeter Downs now about to come up as well. Uh, let's not forget they have Rafael Devers. I like Dalbic there at the corner. I, I just like a lot of what the Red Sox are doing right now. And um, unfortunately, and I got to call this out directly because I am, a, everybody knows I'm a Dodgers fan. Uh, there was a Dodgers fan from Pantone 294 that went out to Boston and bought a, uh, an advertisement right next to Fenway Park that said, thank you for Mookie Betts. I do not support that sign at all. I just want to throw that out there immediately. Oh, so you're not thankful for Mookie Betts. Oh, I'm thankful for Mookie Betts, but I'm not, a, I'm not about to go after the Red Sox. They, uh, that's a well-run organization, and I think they know what they're doing. And, and I think that that sign is going to actually really trigger a lot of their players to saying, okay, all right, so you think that Mookie Betts was this whole team, all right? Uh, when there's, there's a reason why you have nine play, and there's a reason why you carry 40-man rosters. And so if I was going to throw money at a team here uh, that's really appealing to me, I mean, I really like those Red Sox odds. I don't – I'm not hurting five months from now. That's a McDonald's burger that I basically am betting on if I throw two bucks at. And if I win a hundred bucks or more on the Red Sox, then I could say I told you. McDonald's burgers. Yeah, I I'm, might throw some money at them uh, just in that department. Well, that's going to do it for our show. And uh, next time you hear from us, it'll be – we'll have actual games to talk about, which is super exciting. For Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Don't forget, as you start the MLB season here, you're going to want some awesome coasters – to put your beer or your water or whatever you drink while you're watching your baseball game. And no better place to do that than with Man Cave merch. They've got the hookup on awesome coasters. You can get your favorite baseball players in those coasters. This one right here has a bunch of Giants players on it, which is to my liking. I've got a couple others around the house that I can use for watching games. Dusty's got his Dodgers ones up there. So 
check them out, Man Cave Merch. You can give them a follow on Twitter and purchase some coasters and uh, be fancy while you're watching the MLB season. Hey, MLB opening day. There's nothing better than this. Having baseball is something that's great for our country. I'm super excited. It's a holiday, in my opinion, when opening day hits. Everybody get excited. Get ready. Let's, uh, let's get ready for the first pitch. Well, cheers. I'm looking forward to having a brat and a beer and uh, putting that beer on my awesome Man Cave merch coaster. Subscribe to us and give us a five-star review. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon Audible. Give us a follow on social media, at Booze and Baseball. You can reach us on our email, boozeandbaseball at gmail.com. Thanks to Mix Kit for the stock music. Thanks again to Man Cave Merch. Work responsibly and have a good one. For Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Later.